You're listening to Real Relationships on JewishCoffeeHouse.com. I'm Mickey Lavenpel, marriage therapist and relationship coach. And I'm Molly Livingstone, comedian who needs an iced coffee. And today we are talking about... What makes it hard for us to believe our partner really has our back? Yeah, so what does that even mean? Can you define has our back? Yeah, a really important thing when it comes to dating and relationships is that we feel that the person that we're with is somebody that we could really rely upon, someone who's going to be there for us through thick and thin. And lots of times we're dating somebody and we're having a good time and we're just hanging out and we don't have necessarily negative experiences that we can really say, oh, that person is really going to be there for me if things suddenly go sour or if I have a really hard time or if I have a really difficult period in my work or whatever. And so sometimes it gets a little bit scary when we're out and we're dating, we're with somebody for a while and we're having a good time and we don't have any frame of reference from which to draw from to think, will this person really be able to be there for me in a Through difficult time? Through sickness and health. Through sickness yeah. and health or and all that. Poor. Yeah. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. So that's what I wanted to talk about because that's something that comes up in my office so often. I have lots of single women and men who come to me and they're dating and things neurotic are going Jews, well. Yeah, 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 you're typical neurotic or not so neurotic Jews. Even people who are just having a really lovely time and they're just thinking, how do I know that they're the one? How do I know that I could really rely on them for really being there for me? And you know, and, Well, those and, are two different questions. The one is something mm. else. Yeah. Unless they're asking it in a smart way, which I don't think people do, which is yeah. how do I know they're the one that's going to be my partner and support me the yes. rest of my life that when question. I have breakdowns, when I lose my job, when I decide to change my career path or whatever it is. When I gain a little bit of weight. Right. All those sorts of things. And even that, you know, there's so many little things that could, I mean, weight is, you know, different for different people. <laughs> Everything is different for different people. <laughs> But it is a scary thought that change is, is the most likely thing that's going to happen. It is the most cer- certain thing that will happen. And change, just the idea of getting into marriage in the first place, just decided to, deciding to commit to somebody, that in and of itself is a huge change, changing from single to married. Is so a lot a of people change. that I know that when they're dating, mm-hmm. they'll take certain situations to mean certain things about the person. Right. That then they say, this is someone I can really trust or is going to have my back. Whether that means as simple as holding the door open, showing that they're being attentive to you or right. showing that they care. I mean, right. you're going to obviously now say. What am I expert, going to say? Well, I think you should say in your expert opinion, here is the new information that is actually going to help you figure out how to know if someone is your one as in supporting you. I was actually going to take this in a completely different direction. Here she goes. Sorry. But I was going to say is that lots of times people could be really there for you when things are going well. Anybody could open a door and be kind and pleasant and pleasurable when things are fine and dandy. The thing is, if you don't actually have that experience of some real challenge, like I'll give you an example from actually from my relationship with Gabby. When we were dating... This is a good one. Mm. Uh, We went to the movies and Gabi locked up his bike to some scaffolding in Manhattan. And back then, the scaffolding was very easily opened by anybody with a wrench. (laughs) And apparently somebody with a wrench came by and stole his bike. Mm. So after the movie, Gabi discovered that his bike was no longer there. Now that was a real challenge where I got to see how he deals with 
losing a major possession and he got to see how I was able to support him, mm. right? So that was like a major thing. Another thing that happened in that same week, which is really interesting, we had so many experiences. We had so many challenges just in our first week of dating. It was crazy. He had done the, the multiple sclerosis bike-a-thon and his, he forgot to bring How did he do his, it without a bike? No, no, that was before. Okay, so <laughs> That sorry. was four days so earlier. <laughs> okay, so he still has the bike. It's all about biking, which <laughs> yeah. is funny because I'm actually sitting here with this Bora bike uh, water bottle right here that he, he he was just uh, volunteering this the Giro very, not the too long ago. The bike is is literally the third wheel in your relationship. It is yes, very well noticed. <laughs> anyway, so he had just done this multiple sclerosis bikeathon and he'd been locked out of his apartment, and we were supposed to go out on our first date that night, and he was you know dressed in his bike gear, not smelling amazing, but nevertheless. I liked him a lot and I invited him in and I made him some dinner and took him out to the Empire State Building. Oh, I thought you were going to say take right? him out to buy him perfume. Okay. That yeah. would have been a smart idea too, but I, yeah, it was only our first date. I couldn't really go there. Maybe it was our fourth date. <laughs> yeah. But the point is I had several experiences that really got us to see whether we, you know, it just showed us how we dealt with some challenging things. These so, were, not, well, the bike one was a serious challenge. The first one was less of a challenge, but there were challenges and not everybody gets to do that. If you have these very, whatever, not everybody just has these experiences like that. Right. I think it's opposite. I mean, I'm being, obviously I'm joking, but like don't date someone unless they know someone that died within the last like six months or something. <laughs> and that way you can help them and support. That's a challenge. Right. I know I'm being ridiculous. That's but not being ridiculous. It's it's a nice idea. The thing is, I don't think that there is one thing that you could pin it on and say, "Oh, if this and this happens, then I will know that that person can deal with life challenges." Right. I think it's really through through experience right. and sometimes through sharing your experiences and really being able to be vulnerable and talk about those but, things. But going back to what I just said, it's yes. often the big challenges the loss of a loved one, um, the loss of your job, whatever, that people say, I'm not dating now. Right. So you don't get to see them like that. You get right. to see them when they're up and they're together and they're right. more balanced. So it's it's a weird combination because yeah. you want to see them raw and real, yeah. but actually you don't want to date them when they're raw and real at the beginning and That's they right. don't want to be dating. Yeah. That's a really interesting point. But what what you could do is when they're in a good space, after they've done the raw and the real, it's a good idea to then be able to refer back to, and when I was in that raw and real, this is how I dealt with it, and this is how I got back into this really good space. This is how I bounced back from that. Is there a way that, is there a suggestion that you have for like a question that can come up at a dinner date on date three to get to know somebody I yeah. mean, is it appropriate to be Absolutely. like, what was the most challenging experience in your life and how did you deal with it? Well, that might be, uh, it's like an interview. I wouldn't ask it like that. These things kind of come up. Like you sort of, you share your college experiences, let's say, and you talk about your difficult roommates and how you dealt with that. Mm. Or you talk about um, some job interviews that you might have gone on and how they didn't go as well as you would have liked and how you dealt with it or how you've dealt with lots of different rejection in the past but how you but to show how you bounce back from that is a really good thing you don't think as simple as at dinner the way that the person handles themselves with the waiter or food not tasting good sure all you, of that you do think that's a sort of staple of how they're going to be I think it's certainly telling unless the person's a fabulous actor but you can't always be acting and be on but I think mm. that look I, I've heard so many stories of people who've said I cannot believe how rude that person was. 
to the, to the way that they just expected them to be at their, you know, at their women will and to be bringing them the ketchup and the mustard and to always be there when they needed something, you know, and you then would they think, stopped dating them because of that. Yeah. And rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so, because, you know, if you think that this is how this person is going to treat, you know, fine, they're not a friend, but nevertheless, it, unless it's a value of yours that you want someone who's only going to be nice and attentive to you, but be a schmuck to everybody else. Look, some people are like that. Some people are happy for their partner to be that way. You know, obviously there are some people because otherwise. I guess I'm just trying to think back to my own. All I have is my own experiences to judge by. Sure. So what's interesting is that my husband is much more calm than me and much more go with the flow than me. Mm -hmm. And I like that. And I think that's a good balance. But now when you're asking about support, Mm. when it comes to the way he will handle things often if there is something like that at the table the waiter brought the wrong food or that he would just be like "Eh, I didn't order this but it's okay it's okay and I would feel like no like fight for me I did not want that hamburger I still don't want it and I want my chicken but isn't there a a balance if it's for you like for him maybe he doesn't care if they brought the chicken instead of the fish but if he knows that about you he could he could call the waiter and say hey Habibi um, (laughs) that's exactly what he says my (laughs) wife She ordered, she ordered the chicken, you gave her yeah. the fish, you know, can you please, you know, change it? You could do it in a gentle way without... So it's interesting because then it's, it's two people getting involved. It's not just your expectations of your partner and mm-hmm. do they support you, but it's you right. explaining how you want to be supported. That's right. That's a very important thing is that they need to know that this is an important <laughs> thing for you that a um, partnership for you, ways. it might be okay for you, it might be okay that um, you ordered the fish, but you got the chicken, you're going to eat the chicken anyway. But for me, I might really, if I order the fish, I want the fish. Right, because it's all a trickle-down effect. I mean, the way he fights for me over the the chicken, I said hamburger, but fish. I don't eat fish. Whatever. But whatever. Then goes into if our child has a good education or not, how we want to speak to the teacher, or there things right. that we're going to let pass. Are you going to go to bat for that child? Yeah. If that teacher says something about your yeah. child, and you don't believe that that's true... Are you or your husband going to stand up and say, you know what? And your husband's like, oh, whatever, you know, kids go go through this, go Mm -hmm. with the flow. Your kid has to man up a little bit and learn how to, you know, grow a pair or whatever it is. Different people have different ideas about these things. But, you know, the idea is that you're supposed to influence each other. You're not going to have the same ideas about these things. Now, if you feel that you're completely alone in this, then it's really up to you to be able to say, you know, I feel really, I feel really alone with this. And I don't, I don't want to feel alone with this. Our child is being. But how do we give the audience now the tools to not get to that point? So the important thing is to really notice, to really be observant about how it is that the person treats themselves, how it is that they treat the people in their environment. Like you say, you noticed very early on that he was very calm and very easy like that. And that was a wonderful thing, easygoing. But at the same time, you want to make sure that how does that translate to you? Is he going to take everything easygoing and just expect you to roll with the punches and to just get what you get and don't get upset? Or when you ordered something from Amazon and they sent you the wrong thing, are they going to support you when you need to go back and return the thing? That's a very oh, small that's item. A it's white not a people problem. If I that's ever a real that. white people problem. <laughs> yeah. 
when you're in the doctor's office and the doctor isn't giving you the time of day and you say, I need that colonoscopy today because I, you know, I'm scared that I've <laughs> got stage three cancer. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I've heard this story, by the way, where I know of somebody who really believed that their partner had was something. sick, had something and spoke to the gastroenterologist and the gastroenterologist fobbed her off and said, no, you're being hysterical, Jewish mother, you know, and they sadly had to wait a while and found out that this person was actually suffering with cancer. And she then went back to the gastroenterologist and said, I told, told you so. so. Yeah. Now what are you going to do about it? Now I have to deal with this. But the point is that you want to be able to be observant. So for our audience who is not, who are not yet in relationships, let's say, or early on in relationships, and you want to make sure that you're with somebody who has your back, you really want to see how they are interacting with other people. And yes, you do want someone who's easygoing and who's not going to be maybe uh, I don't know that you want that. Some well, people, most want people that. I think easygoing is, is pretty much something that most people will say that they want. But uh, I think, I, I really do. Most people don't say, I want someone who's really tough and who's going to be uh, really hardcore and who's going to give people a hard time. Nobody says that. Not I've never hard, heard anybody say that. Not give people a hard time, but I think tough. Tough. I think you could say that as someone who's married to someone who's very easygoing now. I don't know that whether <laughs> you could say that in hindsight, yeah. right? Very easily. But I think that when we're in the dating process, I think that we are generally looking for someone who's very easygoing, who's flexible. And those are hallmarks of being in a, in a good, steady relationship. And while it's important to be with someone who's open and open-minded, you also want to make sure that this person actually has opinions of their own and can stand up for themselves. And also be able to distinguish between what's an important thing to stand up for and what's something that you're just going to let go. If you're trying to figure out, you're sitting at the table, you're dating somebody and you're like, what if I'm like my mom and she just had this breakdown realization, she didn't want to do this career anymore and she flipped out and she quit her job and didn't work for three years. And how do I know this is going to be, I'm going to sit across from this table now and this guy is going to support me if and when I do that. Right. So that's why you want to be able to be a little bit vulnerable and share some personal stuff Mm, and talk about your previous challenges. Because if you're not going to do that while you're dating and you just start doing that when you're married, you're going to have a shocker. Yeah, that's a really good point. Meaning you have to give up a little and give a little insight into yourself to see how your partner goes, oh, that was really great of your mom, or I would have done the same thing. It's always important to support, or they would say, that sucks. I think it was so unfair that your mom did that. That's really interesting. And actually, as you're saying that, it just makes me think, I know there's a million questions that like you can go online and you can say, you know, what are the top 30 questions that you need to find out about somebody before you're in a relationship with them? And there's actually science that proves that there's a huge difference between the theory and the practice. Sure. Right? So in theory, you might be really um, able to deal with chaos and emergencies and things like that. But when you are in chaos mode and what's your personal chaos mode, generally speaking, most of us, our brains shut down and we have no capacity to think rationally. And we, some of us will go into fight, flight, or freeze mode, meaning we will shout and go crazy and berserk. Some of us will shut down and freeze and like be like in our own little cocoon and not know how to function. And some of us will run away right? We're going to do one of those three things when our back is pushed against the wall. So I think it's really important to be able to, first of all, for all of us to really do some work on building our own capacities for dealing with challenges. Um, Because just to expect our partner to be the one to have our back, 
it's really unfair. And also, every relationship is a dynamic. So if one person's in chaos mode, then that generally is going to trigger the other person in some sort of way. Whereas if each person works on calming their systems down and being able to deal with as much crazy as possible, and I'm not saying you should invite crazy in all the time, but you need to work through whatever schmutz you've had coming your way up until then. If you've been triggered by a lot of different things in your life up until this point, then it's really a good idea to calm your nervous system down, do some work on that so that you are better able to deal with these life challenges. When do you show your real self to someone? Because, I mean, Always. I remember... No, it's not true. I'm sorry. Let me I, give you an example. Okay. Yeah. I want, let's do a bike ride since you're so into the bikes. I went on a, <laughs> no, my second... Okay. <laughs> I went on a second date with my husband. At, oh, obviously it was my boyfriend. Or not even that. And we did a bike ride and it was horrific for me. I hated it. It was... We went off-road. We did 30 kilometers. And every time he... I was like... He was ahead of me, obviously, showing me the way. And then he'd turn around and be like, Oh, my God, it's so cool. And then he'd put, turn his head back. And I'm like, I hate you and I hate this. And I'm going to die here. I'm going to die. I'm going to die in the middle of the Jerusalem hills. Like, why is this happening to me? But I would never let him see. Okay. Like, I was trying to win him over. I was right. trying to be fun and cool. You know, it's hysterical. As Sue Johnson told that exact same story. Sue Johnson, who's the creator of Emotional Focused Couples Therapy. And she's the writer of the book... Hold me tight tells that exact story both in her training and in her book. Well, she copied me. She, I know. But I think this is a common theme for a lot of women. She was dating her husband, who's Canadian, and she's English, and they don't have many mountains in England. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. But in Canada, there's quite a lot of them. And so her husband is this real mountain climber type guy. And she told her husband, oh, yes, I, you know, I love mountain climbing. I really want to go mountain climbing. That sounds fantastic. And she didn't know exactly what he meant. She thought like, you know, Ben Nevis, which is like the biggest hill, which is like just a few meters high in Scotland. And she was like dying. Yeah. Like, but she was like, oh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And then they're married, you know, however many years later. And her husband's like, hey, let's Sue, go. let's go climb, yes, mountain climbing. Well. And she's like, oh, doing, let's just go dancing because she loves dancing. Yeah. She always talks and? about the tango. And so basically what they decided to do is he goes mountain climbing with his buddies and she goes dancing with yes, somebody but, else. But she now shows <laughs> but she, her real right. self. She so she not. regrets that. <laughs> I think she so regrets that to a certain extent. I should have been like, listen up. I ain't going to do another kilometer. This sucks. I'm not enjoying it. Or, or there's another alternative, which is, you know, this is really hard for me. Can we just take a break? Can we take it at my pace. You know, you're, you're really strong. Guess, and you're tough. And you're but I this, think but. for a lot of people, they're trying to win someone over. You know, it's but looking nice. It's playing a part. That it's, doesn't mean you don't have to be yourself. That means that you could actually be honest with yourself. And that takes a lot of self-confidence. Well, I will say that at, at 30 kilometers when he then told me, now we've done the off-road part. We're going to now hike, like go back up to the main <laughs> road, which is about 10 kilometers uphill. I said, I'm good. I'm, this is where I, I'm <laughs> This is done. where I draw the line. Yeah, because I was like, I couldn't. I literally saw my body on the side of the road. <laughs> right. Like, I'm not going to date this guy. I'm going to be dead. Right. So. We're good. So you stood your ground a little bit. I did. Right. But I think now it is challenging in a relationship because he wants to do those things still. Right. And I don't. Right. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have married him. You could, and you could have still said like, okay, I like going bike riding. It's, it's not, not you about don't like marrying bike riding. him or not. It's about showing myself. Yourself. Right. When it comes to when do we show each other and, and, and so we can see the real support. Because there I supported him. Right. I was like, yeah, we're going to do But this. you need to support it's, it's back all. too. And it's a two-way street, right? So yeah, you're able to 
kill yourself a little bit, but up, up <laughs> until a certain point where you're going to become mincemeat on the side of the road, right? <laughs> so you basically, you, you knew you can only go so far until a point where you couldn't. And I think you could have even said it a little bit earlier and it would have been fine too. I just didn't know that it was going to go forever. There was no clue in my mind that he just... I, Surely he can't have that much stamina. He, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and he still does, which is why I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> I will let you go with the kids now. But thank God. You obviously were able to reveal yourself at some point when you felt comfortable. Look, I mean, in terms of when do you show your full, full self, I guess it's like, it's really feeling comfortable. You just hit that point where you start to feel comfortable with the person, where you feel that if you say something that goes against what they feel they will not reject you. You have to, and it's a gut feeling. It's an internal feeling inside of you that, that tells you, I feel safe with this person enough to be able to say that. And that's what we want to do. At the so end the, the day. takeaway of what I hear is that first of all, you have to find the gut feeling that you can feel safe with someone. You should be vulnerable then with that yeah. person to let them in and be observant of how they're also reacting in these situations, which will right. shed light on how they're going to act in future real challenges. And the biggest thing that I said that I think really needs to end with this is you need to really work on your capacity to deal with challenging stuff and be able to express that in a way that feels true to, true to you. And the more that you're able to express yourself fully and wholly, and the more that you, the greater your capacity is for dealing with challenges, the less challenging stuff you'll have or the less the challenges will overwhelm you. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes these challenges that we have, they're little pebbles and then they snowball and then they become like these huge boulders. And if we just dealt with those little pebbles in the beginning, if we really expressed ourselves early on in the beginning, if we were able to hold on to ourselves and know what we needed and we're able to express that to the person that we were with in a way that felt safe and not blaming and not judging, then they would be able to support us back during those things. And then we wouldn't have the big boulders. And that's what I see time and time again. I see this with the couples that I'm working with early on. And I see this with the couples who I'm working with who are married 20 years down the track. And they come with the big boulders that used to be pebbles. Mm. It doesn't, didn't have to get to that point. And that's why I'm saying you got to notice the pebbles early on. If people want to get more advice from you, learn about what you're doing, not about me. no. Not, not about, about you at all. Not important. How can <laughs> they do it? You can check out my website, Mickey Lavin Pell, M-I-C-K-I-L-A-V-I-N-P-E-L-L dot C-O dot I-L. And if you mention real relationships, you get a 10% discount. And just to give you guys a little homework, a little bit of food for thought, uh, maybe you could just think a little bit about what it is that might hold you back from feeling like the person you're dating has your back and what it is that you might need from your partner, what might you need from yourself in order to feel more safe and secure in the relationship. And I'd love for you to just email me any questions that you have about this or email me some of the realizations that you've come up with. You could send them to realrelationships at jewishcoffeehouse.com. We love your questions. We love trying to answer them or yeah. make more questions out of them. And they should also subscribe to the show because we probably have asked a lot of these questions that many people may be thinking mm -hmm. and there may be answers already there um, just listening to real relationships yep so you could email us at realrelationships at jewishcoffeehouse.com this has been another episode of Real Relationships subscribe to this and other great podcasts at jewishcoffeehouse.com Stitcher SoundCloud and iTunes and please go to iTunes and rate and review us it will help us a lot Real Relationships is a production of JewishCoffeeHouse.com.